I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and joining me for what is strictly a work event is Dave Cripp. Ahoy, hoy! I've got my suitcase of booze at the ready. Suitcase of booze. It's just, much, isn't it? it's it's mental. Imagine taking a suitcase into a supermarket. Well, that's, do you know what? People, like, it sounds like, right? There's a number of things. This is going to really date this episode for anyone that's listening back, like, in a, a year or two years. But it's obviously of at the time when when uh, they had all the parties at number 10. Dave, that COVID. could be at any point in the last couple of years yeah. by the sound of it. <laughs> that's that's true, not ageing it. It's evergreen. No, that's absolutely true. And and yeah, we've heard the detail that someone got sent out with a suitcase of booze to go to co-op, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Of all places, and just stock up. So it sounds like a good plan, right? I can see the person leaving with a suitcase, no suspicion. Although, like, when you get back, surely security are going to be like... Well, you just left with a suitcase a minute ago. How was your holiday? Anyway, the moment that you're at a self-service checkout putting right. these into a suitcase, like that is yes. a genuinely unexpected item in the bagging area, isn't it? <laughs> that is suspicious at best, isn't it? Yeah, so it's absolutely wild. And I don't know how much booze... Like, a co-op isn't usually big enough to even accommodate you carrying that much booze <laughs> to a, 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 a till. You know, it's a small shop. It's all oh, it's all too much. And then dragging it back, clinking. I mean, it's police, isn't it, on the, on the door of Downing Street? Actual like, metropolitan police as well. How mm. have they not f- clocked this? So they must not hear the parties? So, so many, many questions. questions. So, um, all right, well, let's crack on with... Well, very well chosen episode. Party gate, no less. Should we have the request? Who's it from, Dave? It's from Amy. The real question is, when's it from, Pete? May the 1st. Thanks. Glad you asked. Um, ahoy, hoy, Dave and Pete. Love the podcast. Every episode makes me laugh. Oh, thanks, Amy. I suggest the one where Joey moves out. The title explores the reasons people have roommates, financial or companionship reasons. Yeah. And I like to think after this episode, every time Rachel makes the decision, she hears Phoebe saying, you are the boss of you in her head. I'm so glad she chooses to get the tattoo. And I love Tom Selleck, so any Richard plot is enjoyable. And the moment Ross is taking away the bat from Jack is one of my favourite moments. That's a very strong moment. Thanks for making the podcast, Amy. Thanks for making the request, Amy. Dave and Pete. Um, yeah, so uh, season two, episode... 16? 16, thank you. Just scrolling. It's a Michael Lembecker, everyone. Oh. Did I learn a fact about Michael Lembeck recently? Oh, this is a... You only I have don't conversations. know. I can't answer that question. <laughs> you only have conversations with someone and you go, I'll bank that because it's something interesting for the podcast. And I have a feeling it was something to do with Michael Lembeck. Right. 
but no. <laughs> so it was about Robbie Benson. It wasn't about Michael Lembeck at all. Robbie, Benson, Robbie Benson also directed episodes of Friends. We've, I feel like we've never mentioned him. No, we haven't, because, and this is the thing, I was going to save it for one where Robbie Benson had directed it, but I've not done that now. We've jumped ahead of the game, and that's fine. Robbie Benson, director of Friends, also was the voice of the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that is a good fact. Isn't it? Hmm. What a diverse uh, portfolio he has, career-wise. Um, anyway, the one where Joey moves out, season two, episode 16, 457316. Uh, now that he has a steady income, Joey thinks he should have his own apartment and moves out, upsetting Chandler. Monica struggles to tell her parents she's dating Richard, and Rachel and Phoebe want to get tattoos, but Phoebe chickens out at the last minute. Uh, Ross changes his mind about tattoos altogether. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we know, we know, we know the drill. So where do you want to start? Party one, party two, or oh, hang on, wait, hang on. Party one, party two, or partatu, top tattoo, tattoo. Despite that, I think we should start with a tattoo. <laughs> I just a party two sounded like tattoo, and I, knew, I was trying to work it in. It would have been better. Party one, party two, or tattoo. Oh no, I saw what you were trying to do. It's yeah, just... no, no, I, I, I absolutely admit that I failed at it completely. But I just like to, like to see the working, isn't it? Okay, Phoebe and Rachel getting tattoos. So can actually, before we start on the actual ta- tattoo plot itself, the whole episode starts really nicely, doesn't it? Because they're all in the kitchen. It's really. I think it's like an un, unremarked upon thing quite often in Friends, but they, the way this episode starts after the cold open is just them all sitting around the table in Monica and Rachel's, and they set up all three plots in about a minute and a half, and yeah. it's so it's very well tidy, written. isn't it? Very it's tidy. so tidy. We get the tattoo, we get the uh, the, the coma pizza, uh, the coma pizza, coma party, <laughs> and we get the fact that it's Jack's party and Rachel's like coming. Sounds a terrible and pizza. <laughs> yeah, and, and we set up the fact that Monica is going to her parents and she's taking, and Richard's going and, you know, she's nervous about that. It's just so neatly done, isn't it? It's really, it's just like one of those things where you think, fair, fair fucks to you all. One thing that it does highlight, um, each time I had a tattoo, I feared my family's reaction, even though I'm a fully grown adult. How many tattoos have you got? I've got, well, I've got two, um, but this is a Friends with Friends exclusive. I am actually getting my third quite soon. Are you? What do you have so far? I have a Leeds United reference on my forearm, and then I have a tally counting to five on my foot. What's the reference to that? Anything? Because I ran five half marathons in five days, but I don't like to talk about it. Um, uh, yeah, and I've never mentioned that. That was the today. foot that I absolutely fucked up Destroyed. doing that. Yeah. Oh, good. So what's your third one going to be then? God, this is an ex- this is. Uh, I'm getting like an outline geometric drawing of an Icelandic mountain range on my inner bicep, Dave. Oh, lovely! You went. To, that's where you went last year, right? Yes, it's my favourite place. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good. Uh, I've got no tattoos, so if anyone's got any, I think I quite would like one, but I don't know what to get. So. Rachel's tattoo is shit, by the way. It's bad, isn't it? Like, it's mine are, are pretty cheaply done, and are, I'm not pretending that they're, like, high art, but yeah. um, Rachel's is shite. As in the quality of the tattoo, you mean? Well, and also, just what's the point? Yeah, no, I agree with that, but the quality of it is also like I mean, it's basically it's clearly a stick-on sticker, isn't it? On a skit, like it's not a real tattoo, but they haven't really gone to many lengths to disguise the fact that it's just. It looks like it's been done with felt tip, doesn't it? Yeah, like a children's party sticker, you know. Yeah. Also, in the, in this first scene, when they're all sitting around the table chatting about it, did you notice how Ross enters the conversation? He walks in, right? And it's just like one of those things that you probably would never have noticed if you're just watching it normally. But obviously, we're watching everybody stupid moment for this podcast and 
everyone, they're just having a chat. And Phoebe says the line, you know, on my shoulder as Ross opens the door. And, like, he doesn't yet know they're talking about tattoos. But the way he just blusters in was, what? What's on your shoulder? It's so weird. Yeah. Because he hasn't been part of the conversation at all. So it's just like walking into a room and just hearing someone go, you know, two pizzas or something. What? What pizzas? When did you get pizza? Why get pizza? It's such a weirdly aggressive way to enter a room. I fucking chill out, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Fucking chill. What's on your shoulder? Um, and then you get that little funny Phoebe quip about having a chip on the shoulder. But just he, it's just weird. They sort of demand it. And then Ross in this scene isn't. I know he turns around at the end of the episode, but he's very, he's very sort of, he's playing like, feels like he's playing the character of one of those educational videos you watch at school about not taking drugs. Yeah. You know? Why would you want somebody to mark your body permanently? And you can never, under- it's like, oh, shut up, Ross. No one cares. I love Phoebe insisting her tattoo is what she wanted and her coming up with this sort of story of, oh, it's what what she says just about how it's her mum, how her mum sees her from heaven. Like the way from that she heaven. really, she really commits to her tiny dot tattoo. It's great. I just love the idea that Phoebe's sort of concept of heaven. You'd think if you'd lost <laughs> it's just like someone, up in someone close to you, yeah, someone close to you, you'd want to, you want them to be actually looking down on you, right? I, like think, seeing- I think like that's, I think in my head, that's kind of how I mean, then. I'm not a believer, but if I was, I think I would think that they were just sort of up there floating somewhere. Just just sort of on like Uranus or Pluto or something. Yeah, (laughs) just thinking of the faraway planet and then I realised... What a weird planet to go for. (laughs) Yeah, all our our dead loved ones are on Uranus. That's where they are. (laughs) What the hell? It's your go-to funny planet, isn't it? And also, Pluto's not even a planet anymore. All right, Neptune. What is Pluto these days? Is it just like gas or something? Is it like a dwarf dwarf planet or something? Hang on. Hello, astronomers. <laughs> we are butchering your area of expertise. Hang on, can I just say, it's a bloody dwarf planet. I was absolutely right. Do you know the difference between a meteor and a meteorite? Uh, no, you're going to tell me? A meteorite's when it's hit the Earth. Is it? Is it's that never right? called a meteorite when it's in space. It's only is that, a meteorite. Is that meteorite, is it? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, oh, there you go. Well, there you go. We're learning, we're learning a lot about I've not fact-checked that, so maybe the astronomers will get in touch and say... Um, that come fight me, astronomers. Come fight Pete. Come fight. I reckon Pete I probably could take an astronomer. If you win the fight, you can then get a tattoo of a meteorite on your uh, as your next one on your anus. On your. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes, but yeah, no. But I just would have thought that, like, my concept of <laughs> this is a weird sentence I never thought I'd say on this podcast. But my concept of heaven is uh, <laughs> a bit more like. <laughs> It's just a bit more like you'd like to think if it were a thing that people could like see what you're doing. Not all the time, obviously you want private time, but like see like what you're up to, not just look at the tiny blue dot from Yeah, but you wouldn't from- want them being able to to see what you're up to at any time. No, I like to- like you'd want you'd want visiting hours. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to think there's a system whereby, like, if I close my bedroom door, yeah, that's then, like, then keep, heaven keep can't out, you know? see you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, okay, there is a flaw in that. And I guess Phoebe's version of of the sort of uh, heaven on Uranus is, is better because you can't see the details of your life. But, I, um, uh, another important tattoo point. Why is yeah. Rachel's tattoo considered so, sex- so sexy that she and Ross must immediately bang? Well, 
we talked earlier before we started recording about pizza, right? And <laughs> so actually, this is a story worth just very quickly telling. Your parents had leftover pizza, right? And it was two full pizzas, right? That's the amount of leftovers they had yeah. from just pizza for themselves. Ross here is clearly bringing pizza for the entire group. And it's only and got one. Yeah. One pizza. <laughs> and he says, save us some pizza. How are the three of them about to eat one pizza, mate? You're not going to be much saved in yeah. this. They need to invite my in parents this household. and then they'll have plenty. Well, yeah, but 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 yeah, literally, what happened is is he looks at this child's sticker of a heart and goes, "I must bang you immediately," which says more about Ross than it does about his sort of beliefs and long-held morals. You know, it's a good job he did spot it in the kitchen, Ross, isn't it? Because what's Rachel's plan otherwise? Yeah, true. Just to never tell him? Did she get it on her left side because that's the side of the bed she sleeps on, and like just hopes that? He never spots it when they're in bed. Of all the people who are going to see your naked body, your boyfriend is probably top of the list. Sort of fa- and, and, but also it's on a hip as well. It's, it's on a bit of your body that might get seen by other people as well occasionally, you know? It's not like it's in a... Well, I'm not going to say the planet name again, but it's not like it's in a, like a deep, dark <laughs> crevice or somewhere that's often covered up, an intimate area, you know? It's on your bloody hip. Anyway, there you go. So, not enough pizza, Ross, and quickly abandoned your long-held beliefs on tattoos. I'd say... So far, not a great Ross moment, eh? True. All right, Joey and Chandler at a party or Monica and Ross at a party? Uh, Steve, Joey and Chandler. Uh, Yes, the coma. Tell you what, Days of Our Lives loves a coma, doesn't it? Loves (laughs) a coma and loves a staff party. Yeah, there's so a staff party. There's so many staff parties of Days of Our Lives. Everyone's always having... I guess if you were on telly in your sort of late 20s, you would mostly be having parties, wouldn't you? That's true. If you're and like, rich, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're young and rich living in New York, you'd be like, right, this is party town. I'm amazed Joey doesn't have more parties, actually, to be fair. Like, that that new apartment is nice, isn't it? It's a nice apartment. It's sort of like a swankier apartment. Like, Joey's, even when he's on telly later and doing well, always lives in that sort of slightly crummy apartment that they have you know but one, one comment about the uh the apartment that he is eyeing up yeah the person who's currently living in it says um park views of his apartment and then points yeah. out the window at like walls and walls of concrete it's like where, where's the park you see out like the bathroom window like how do you see the park <laughs> if you look down there's a tiny tiny park between park views <laughs> from certain angles in one room in one room yeah i feel well, so i've been talking about the guy giving the tour I still don't understand how real estate works, how renting works in America. Why is the guy leaving the apartment giving Joey the tour and like doing the big sell? Yeah. Like he's abdicating. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I've got to pass this on. I get to, and because it's the same with Ross and Ugly Naked Guy, isn't it? Like he's the person that chooses who rents your apartment next. Is that honestly how it works, Americans? Because that is insane. Why doesn't the person that owns the apartment? have a sort of legal contract with the next person rather than... It's not... Yeah, you're quite right. Like, they're sort of royal lineage and they get to pass it down to whoever they want, you know? Let's go back right to the start of the Joey and Chandler bit because oh, there's some like important... think about the spoons. ...licking and putting. Um, oh, the spoons. That really stresses me out. Really worrying that Joey doesn't see that as an issue, but it kind of fits with his character, I think. Having said that, while there is a bit of a, an ongoing joke about him being sort of quite childish when it comes to like looking after himself and stuff. Yeah. We, we don't often get a sense that he's 
Oh no, I guess he is unwashed a few times and not very. I was going to say like he doesn't strike you as like a dirty person. No, I don't find. It's just that moment after he's been fishing, but that's kind of understandable. Yeah, but that's like a circumstantial thing, isn't it? Rather than he doesn't. He's not like a disgusting. Like licking the spoon and putting it in a drawer is that that's proper disgusting, isn't it? That is like. That, even just thinking about that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, even when we were students living in filthy houses and with nine other people, I, I don't know about you, Pete, I never licked a spoon and put it back in the drawer. No, me neither. And if you did that, if for some reason you did that, or didn't wash a thing, but you wouldn't do it right in front of the people you lived with, would you? You'd have, like, there'd be a level of self-awareness that kicks in there as well. So Joey's awareness of what he's doing is so low that it's it's worrying. He also mentions having used Chandler's toothbrush. Yeah, to clear out the drain, to unplug the drain. Yeah, which is... Really, although, if, if your toothbrush had been used to clear out a drain, it would be really clear that it had been used for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine you used that afterwards. Oh yeah, my God, awful. that's horrible, isn't it? Awful. Oh, God, it really makes me shudder. Um, can we talk about outfits for a, a moment? We don't often talk about fashion in Friends, uh, because it's us. But right. two things. <laughs> All right, okay, because it's me and you're more fashionable. <laughs> All right, okay. get offended. Uh, but at the start, in very sort of... They're almost matching, gowns. aren't they? Yeah, like matching sort of a weird Victorian look. They're both wearing white t-shirts. My very best dressing white gown. White t-shirts, and yeah, yeah, my best dressing gown. Exactly. It's very. That Michael was a Kane. Muppets Christmas Carol yes. reference. <laughs> Got it straight away. But that they are very. Um, it's just. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't quite fit with uh, how my experience of like men in their twenties living together would hang out. You know, a dressing you know, gown's still on. I don't think I've got a dressing gown and I bloody love my dressing gown. It's absolutely great. But it's really a thing I wear when I'm alone, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's not, I don't think it's something I would necessarily wear in, in company. Um, I don't know. I might be wrong. I'll have to think about my dressing gown usage. Have you got a dressing gown? No, no, I haven't. No, you should get one. They're, like I've got a proper, like fluffy, massive one. It's sort of substitutes for a blanket on the sofa on a hangover day. You know, that kind of vibe. Okay, fair. I'm not really fussed about wearing one for the sake of wearing one. I just wear my pyjamas. Like, they've got their pyjamas on, clearly, haven't they? There's also that great bit where they're um, where they're doing a bit of packing and uh, Joey reveals that they've been using... Is it one of Rachel's bras? Yeah. Um, me and my sister used to use a bra to launch toilet rolls down the stairs when we were children. Did you really? Yeah, they weren't my mum's bras. It was my auntie lived with us briefly and we used... To, I don't know whether she knows this. Um we used to use her bras as like toilet roll flingers. Now, how did you get the bra? In the washing. Oh, you found it from the washing. Right. Okay. That's. Oh yeah, we wouldn't care. retrieve the bra from her uh, drawers. Well, this, this is exactly my point. Like Joey and Chandler sort of bat bat it off. Like Joey's like, oh, it's not what you think. Like it wasn't weird, sexy stuff. But they've still they've still had to go into Rachel's like drawer or into their washing and. And get a bra, haven't they? And move like, it out of her flat into their own. That's what I mean. It's a bit odd that she wasn't aware of it. What yeah. the strange. I mean, it's in keeping with the, the sort of dysfunctional uh, makeup of the group, but it's a bit odd. And then the other thing about outfits and clothes is <laughs> Joey and Chandler walk into Monica and Rachel's, and Phoebe goes, Ooh, fancy lad. Look at you, fancy lads, or something. Like they're wearing black tie. At that point, Chandler is wearing a cardigan with a white T-shirt, <laughs> and Joey is wearing, like, nothing. it's like basically a fleece jumper, isn't it? Love that. They're just sort of wearing 
quite plain regular everyday clothes <laughs> like oh fancy lads look at you it's like yeah they're not in the bloody dressing gowns for once i do think the nice joey and chandler bit in this is um there's a real a bearing moment we're in what sort of midway through season two there's yeah. kind of a deepening of their friendship in this because yeah. the, the fallout over the foosball table and stuff like who gets it is very sort of relationshipy there's a few of those sort of examples of um, like parody conversations with like a breakup of a relationship and, and it's all quite lighthearted and jokey until there's that moment where Joey beats Chandler at foosball mm. celebrates and we see we see quite how deeply Chandler's hurt at that point don't we Yes, and we get that um, sort of evolution of their friendship for because the first time they make up, Chandler says, "Oh, do we need to hug?" And they're like, "No, we don't need to." Hug. You know, it's like we're not huggers yet. You know, that's not what we do yet. We're not at that level. And then by the end, the whole episode ends with Joey coming back in and hugging Chandler, doesn't it? And it's like a a nice marker in their friendship of like, okay, we're we're hugging friends now. You know? Yeah. Um, tell you what, tell you what, Chandler really loves, mate. A games room. Why is he always suggesting games rooms when people move out? He does it when he moves in with Monica and Rachel moves out as well. That's Let's true. make it a games room. Let's make everything a games room. Let's have a spare bedroom, you nutter. Because spare bedrooms are a, a good asset to have in, a, in an apartment in the city, isn't it? My final uh, observation about this <laughs> storyline is, where is all the furniture when Joey's leaving? Why does he get it all? I mean, A... It's implausible that Joey bought almost any of it because he doesn't buy anything. You know, half the foosball table is about the only thing we'd know he definitely bought. And B, why is he taking both Barker lounges? And actually, I didn't skip on to the next episode. Are they? Is one of them back? Well, actually, thought- what I was about to say is I did, it did automatically start playing the next episode for me. And the one thing I noticed is quite how hideous Joey's apartment is. And that's kind of the opening joke of the next episode is yeah. look at all this incredibly tasteless stuff. stuff yeah yeah so are the barker lounges in there though or is chandler i would have thought they'd have taken one each that's how i would have split the uh the uh, assets there you know if we'd have been anyway anyway the apartment just looks very empty when when joey's leaving um and there you go end of that bit should we have, should we have some adverts i i would love to hear some adverts right now Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right. It's Jack's birthday, isn't it? Yes, uh, and a, a party with a guest list upon which almost everyone has bad hair. 
Yes, it's not a fashionable party, is it? Maybe Joey and Chandler would have fitted in better there with their fleece and cardigan. True. Have you ever worn a fleece to a party? (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely can tell you for sure that I haven't. I rarely wear a fleece, but if I do, it's for, I'd say, an outdoor activity. Fair. Uh, Have you worn a fleece to a party? Uh, No, I wore one in Iceland. Yeah, absolutely understandable. I would say that counts as a practical consideration, because Iceland is, by definition, icy. Famously cold, yeah. Famously cold. Um, Richard's going with them. Richard has a Twinkie in the city. There's a whole right, right. palaver. The yes. word Twinkie, Twinkie. and yes. I think, well, for me, as a homosexual gay man, yeah. Um, the word Twink has quite a different. Well, well I was going to say twink quite a different twinky. meaning, but I guess it doesn't really have it. No, I guess the meaning is actually the same. Young, fresh-faced person. Yes, it's more associated with yeah, gay men, we, I'd say. We've claimed that one. That's ours yeah. now. In fact, if you look in the dictionary, as I have just done, oh yeah, because they have, they have the Twinkie food, don't they? Um, what? A small finger-shaped sponge cake is the first definition, the trademark Twinkie. But then the second one is a gay or effeminate man or a young man regarded as an object of homosexual desire. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that feels like a comprehensive description. Yeah, so it, it it is interesting, and it, and, it, and is is it is it quite? It doesn't feel like it comes thing a question casual. from a straight man. <laughs> no, but it's, it's 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 I don't know. The word offensive isn't right, but it's not like it's um it's, it's got a bit, negative it's a bit connotations. Of a one, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, it's got term. negative connotations, hasn't it? It just feels like they the way they throw it around casually in this uh, episode isn't in keeping with my understanding of that word. You know? Yeah, I guess it just means young person doesn't it young hottie yeah a young hottie ugh. <laughs> talking of ugh imagine watching your parents have sex i know America. i know and there's also that point where jack geller jokes about shagging in front of his son but yeah. i guess that's that would explain a lot as to ross's behavior and conversations in adult life well it's because he's a geller and they just talk about weird stuff like that in front of each other they really do, don't they? Although, you know, got to credit where credit's due. Jack and Judy keeping the spark alive. Mm. Well, it's his, his 50th, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, 50th? It's, is that what he says? He looks older than that. Like, the consistency of the age problem is that Elliot Gould and Tom Selleck are supposed to be the same age. And Elliot Gould looks 100, and Tom Selleck looks about 40. Yeah. yeah I think true. it's supposed to be his 50th, but I, I, I wouldn't like to place my um, chips on it, you know? Another bit... Hmm? Another bit of uh, language in this um, this storyline is when yeah. Judy's friend says, uh, "I bet she's so young that everything's still pointing up." Yeah. Does that mean tits? Yeah. I think. Do they point up? No, I think if anything, they just point straight, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> what way do your tits point, please? <laughs> I just, that isn't a... I'm, I'm glad you said that, because only you can get away with yeah. asking that question on this I, podcast. I, I don't... I, up feels like they're <laughs> levitating. Well, because Monica grabs like grabs hold of her tits, doesn't she? As if she's like, oh, God, mine, are mine... I mean, the implication is the opposite of droopy, but you're quite right. I don't think... Pit, well, <laughs> the opposite of droopy... Like, I can understand that with time, drooping occurs. But otherwise, <laughs> before that happens, they're not pointing up. They're just, like... In their default position. Oh man. Um no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just just sort of in line. I don't know. 
maybe, by the way, I'll just sort of check the script. Maybe Jack isn't 50 because he says, when I turned 50, I got the Porsche later on in that excellent joke. Um, so maybe it is. There is a joke yeah. about Judy at one point being 50 because he says it's like he's got two 25-year-olds. Two 25-year-olds. Yeah, you're quite right, actually. Um, but got two- she could feasibly be younger than him. Uh, yes, that is also true. But it's, it's around that age, and my point stands that Tom Selleck looks good, and like you don't look at Monica and Richard, do you? And think I know there's an age gap, but you don't look at them immediately. And go, that's fucking no, weird. No, I creepy. agree. I thought that when they were stood outside the house waiting to go in, like actually they look like a perfectly plausible match for each other. Right. Whereas if like Jack Geller had turned up with like Rachel, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on there? That's yeah. weird. Yeah. And that is really what's really interesting about that. I think that's where they got the casting so right, so like bang on with Tom Selleck because it's it is completely plausible, isn't it? It doesn't feel creepy or weird. A couple of uh, really good like physical bits, as we mentioned. There's the great bit with the bat when Ross takes that away from oh, from, so from Jack. Also, the comedy timing of the spraying of the squirty cream, yes, is great <laughs> as well. There's a few little bits like that. Yeah, it's a really not that that whole sort of sequence where they're doing the big reveal and Ross is like, "Oh, is that crystal?" and taking it. Ross sort of, um, what's the word? Just like pottering. Oh, he's very anxiously. much like the comic relief here, isn't he? Yeah, from, he's from sort the tension, darting backwards and forwards, isn't he? Just trying to keep it all going, and then when he sort of tries to um, almost kettle the crowd of people back out when they're coming in with the cake at the end again yeah. he just looks he he plays that part really well and it and it really carries that scene through what i really like about that scene as well is when judy turns around and realizes and richard's smile there is so funny his sort of like slightly smug self-satisfied smile where he's like yep and yeah. what you gonna do but he delivers that so well. It's so brilliant. What is slightly creepy is Judy trying to set up Monica up with Richard's son, not because that's a weird thing in the current circumstances, but because it actually happens later. That's true. It works. And when it happens later, you don't go, oh, that's the maddest thing in the world. You go, it's a bit weird. But in the context of watching this episode, that is the maddest thing in the world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Monica trying to have sex with Richard's son. Ugh. Um, I'd like to take issue with Ross's sentence when he's trying to get out of it by saying, Mum, there are so many people in my life. Some of them are dating people. Some of them aren't. Ross has six people in his life. That's true. He has his five friends and Carol. Yeah. That is all. Yeah. He cannot plausibly claim to not be able to keep up with all their relationships. Um, Here's the main thing about the scene, Pete. And I don't know if you've got any more notes on this before I get onto the big finale. The only other point I'd make is that it's just horrible time for them to tell Monica's parents on Jack's birthday, but yeah, the opportunity think, arises and they go for it, don't they? Yeah, I think I think it's taken advantage of a situation more so than the, because they weren't really planning it, were they? But yeah, it, it does ruin a good day, doesn't it? <laughs> for poor old Jack. But talking of Jack, that is the subject of the big finale. Because did you notice at the end of the episode it fades to black and the credits are just over black. Yes, nothing really happens. No, nothing happens. But it actually does, Pete. What do you mean? Check your phone. I'm sending you the script for the deleted end scene. Oh. I think we should do oh, a reading Are we performing this? Okay. I would have thought so. Would you like to be Monica or Jack Geller? Uh, I'll be Monica. Okay. So this is after Joey's just hugged Chandler. It's on the DVD's extended version still, but just not on the Netflix or the sort of TV versions. It's worth noting. It's really worth noting before we start this. And this becomes important towards the end. I'm going to send you a picture of what Jack is wearing in this scene, okay? Okay. Oh, it's very Inspector Gadget. Yes, it's like a proper Inspector Gadget big black hat. Okay, so that becomes important. 
So, Jack says, I just stopped by to your boyfriend's to give him a piece of my mind. And? And I was going to punch him in the nose, but he had the game on, so we started watching it. Then at half time, I was going to give him what for, but then he offered me a beer. And you know what? What? He's got it on tap, right in his apartment. The damn thing is built right into his bar. It's unbelievable. Dad, did you talk about me? Oh, right. Well, actually, we never got to you. Look, you're a big girl. I just hope you know what you're doing. I do. Dad, you're wearing the tie I got you. Yeah. Where'd you get the hat? I don't know. (laughs) That's the end of the scene. I wonder why that got cut. (laughs) takes the hat off and says, I don't know. It's really weird. I watched it earlier. Is it a suggestion that he's drunk and has drunkenly picked up a hat from somewhere? I don't. I genuinely can't work out what the joke is. How odd. Very strange, isn't it? Because it's such a strange hat as well. It doesn't fit with him at all. You know, he never wears that hat. Um, So, yeah, there you go. That's the final scene of the episode, um, which was cut for Netflix and and, uh, TV versions. And, and yes, it's it's easy to see why, isn't it, at that stage? Shall we see if our favourite lines match up? Oh, yeah, what are your favourite lines? I've got quite a lot. There's so many in this episode. For me, all three of these are because of the way that they are performed. Yes. I love Monica's upstairs in the bathroom right before you felt up, mom. mom. Yeah, great. Like, her delivery of that is so good. I also love Chandler. Just stop talking, okay, um, when he's <laughs> on his own at the party and he, uh, uh, he finds himself on his own. Yeah, um, not on my list either. And my final one is... <laughs> Uh, Joey and Chandler when they've fallen out partly about the cereal and the spoon licking yeah. and Joey says yeah. you'll be able to spend more time with your real friends the spoons the spoons yeah Which that's on great. my list that's so funny that's just the pettiness with which he delivers that is so funny and it's so in keeping with their argument alright I get because you've chosen that one I'm going to choose three more because I had about six and I didn't know what to what to choose. Another one that I really just enjoyed for the way it was delivered, and it's quite a morbid line, but Monica says to Richard, maybe we should tell your parents first, and he just goes, my parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, And true. it's such a nice moment. Uh, what is this, 1922? What's 1922? You know, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe saying that, and then the following line, where she goes, and then there was suffrage, which was a good thing, but it sounds <laughs> yeah. horrible. Yeah, that is a good line. The very funny line. Honourable mentions to the moment where Ross interrupts Jack when he's about to say, you know, one of these weekends you could borrow the Porsche and I could borrow, and Ross says, I beg you not to finish that. But then I actually, I think my favourite in the whole thing, just from the, the, the pullback, is when Chandler says to Joey, your little men are going to get scored on more times than your sister. And yeah. Joey goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Which sister? <laughs> and it's just, it's it's really, it's a really nice pullback that. Uh, yeah, good. It's re- I mean, it's early friends, isn't it? So it's gag after gag after gag. Very enjoyable time. Shall I play a small musical break and we'll do the, the quiz? Yes, the quiz from Amy who requested the episode, not the fourth quiz at Amy. Oh, Amy's trying to move on on territories, are they? Amy, the Amy's... Civil War among the Amy's. Civil Amy War. Okay, I haven't seen this quiz, so do you want to hit me? Uh, Do I want to hit you? I have on occasion wanted to, but... um, (laughs) the quiz, Peter? Question one. Who did Joey and Chandler have a water balloon fight with? The kids across the street. The high school kids across the street? Uh, Junior high kids. Oh, that's high school, isn't it? Yeah, you can have that. Thanks. Question two. What is the age difference between Monica and Richard? Didn't you say this earlier? 
Uh, I don't know if I did. It was 21 years, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Question three. What does it say on the sign outside the tattoo parlour that Rachel and Phoebe go in? I have no idea. Ooh, no idea, no. The world famous Ink Spot Professional Tattooing. Did not get that one, did we? Uh, question four. What specifically is Jack looking for when he finds Judy in the bathroom? Oh, I knew this was going to come on. I didn't write it down. Oh, it's the bat. Some, yeah, no, no, it is the bat, but it's like a specific type of bat, isn't it? Oh, it's a Harmon Killebrew bat. Right, there you go. Harmon Killebrew bat. Would not have got that in a million years. And finally, what colour is Chandler's toothbrush? Red. Correct. Well then. I'll take three out of five, Pete. I'll absolutely take it. Hey, want well, to know what next week's episode is? Do I? It's a request from two separate people. Oh, a doubler. And it is season eight, episode 18, the one in Massapequa. Oh, good. Alec Baldwin. Interesting time to talk about Alec Baldwin, oh, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's true. Um, let's, let's leave all that out of it, shall we? We'll just talk about Alec Baldwin back in the day in Friends. Yes. Um, okay, <laughs> on that strange note, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.